You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer. And today's episode is brought to you by Nugenics, the number one selling free testosterone booster at GNC. Get your complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total T. Just text DRAFT to 231-231. Before we get started, we are two writers who got our start at San Diego Sports Domination, San Diego's top sports blog, and we've been covering the Chargers now for over six seasons. We also do our own Facebook Live show, Chargers Domination Live, and I also write for the LA Football Network as well, covering the Chargers. But this is our fourth season as the host of the Locked on Chargers podcast bringing you your team every day. What is up, guys? Welcome into the super special secret extra episode of the week, a Saturday show for you guys to recap the second and third rounds of the draft. So much to talk about on today's show, but first, let me just thank everyone who decided to check in with us today for the first time and our loyal fans for coming back and checking in on us again. But everyone was ecstatic when the Chargers got to pick 47 on Friday when they ended up deciding to take Asante Samuel Jr. Once again, they don't trade up. The guy they want falls right into their lap. And then the third round got a little weird, as we've seen, is something that happens sometimes with Tom Telesco, especially as far as how they see value compared to where the experts think guys are going to go. In the second segment, we'll talk about Josh Palmer at 77 overall, the wide receiver from Tennessee, and give our thoughts on that. And then also get into another surprise pick in the last segment, talking about Tight end Trey McKitty from Georgia and, you know, basically talking about how this is a projection, right? More than it is based on college production for both of those guys, really. But let's go ahead and get into it. Chargers fans saw how lucky the Chargers got on night one of the draft. And, I mean, how smart the Chargers front office was to some extent not panicking, waiting back at 13 and ending up nabbing their franchise left tackle in Rashawn Slater. Well, The second round came again, and then a few different cornerbacks came off the board, and Chargers fans are sitting back hoping and hoping and hoping that Asante Samuel Jr. gets to the Chargers at 47, and well, it happened. Once again, the Chargers stood pat. They end up getting Asante Samuel Jr., our favorite guy in the second round, a guy that people said will never be there in the second round, so it was hard for us to get super excited about it. In our seven-round mock draft, David had Rashawn Slater in the first round. I said I would have had him there, you know, if I thought he would be there. And then the second round, I ended up taking Asante Samuel Jr. And just, you know, basically like David was, hoping that somehow he would make it to that pick. And David, I mean, (laughs) it's hard not to be ecstatic when the Chargers fill both of their needs at tackle and cornerback. And at both of the picks, still feel like they're getting potentially the best player on the board. Which is absolutely incredible, right? I mean, it, you almost think to yourself, how could it, how could have this happened again? I mean, this doesn't is this the Chargers we're talking about? This isn't our team. This isn't the team that we've covered for the last six years, where they have found or discovered every possible way to do every single thing wrong. They have this happen to them, where they have one of the best cornerbacks in the draft fall in directly into their laps and all they have to do is go up there and make the right pick and they do to their credit they get a guy who is going to come in and fill that void that you have opposite of Michael Davis 
and you feel it emphatically. And like you said, with one of the best players that was still available at his position, Asante Samuel Jr. just brings so much to the table to like Daniel. What, Like I said, just such a home run pick. Yeah, I mean, he quickly closes on balls. He's a ball hawk. He has great instincts, and that's something that Tom Telesco brought up as far as if he saw anything that reminded him of Asante Samuel Sr. when he was watching his tape, and that is something that showed up a lot. And really, the only knock on this guy is his size, and he ends up being the eighth cornerback taken overall. I mean, for me, he was my number five-ranked cornerback. For you, he was your number four-ranked cornerback, and still, seven corners end up going ahead of him, both the Georgia guys and Tyson Campbell and also Eric Stokes. And then you also have Kelvin Joseph going before him as well. We had him rated higher than all of those guys. And he falls into the lap of Tom Telesco at pick 47. And that's where things started to get a little bit weird. But this is what Brandon Staley had to say about Asante Samuel Jr. And I agree with him. This guy has really good ball skills. He can track the ball in the deep part of the field. He's a good open field tackler. He's a really complete DB. He's a fearless competitor. And that was something that we we're looking for. And the other thing he mentioned, David... Besides, you know, being a great tackler, and we heard that from Jordan Reed as well, who said he's the best tackling corner in this draft. We know Staley values that. We know Staley, you know, values man coverage as well. But he also said that one of the things that made them feel better about him being, you know, under that 5'11 threshold, that he's a fearless competitor. And he said that's what they were searching for. Yeah, and you can see that definitely. This guy competes. He's physical at the line of scrimmage. He is uh, physical at the catch point. He is uh, good at taking the football away. He's just so instinctive. He's very intelligent. He has that NFL bloodline, and you can tell. I mean, if that name, Asante Samuel, sounds familiar, it's because his dad played in the league for over 10 years and had tremendous success with a couple of Super Bowl rings to his name as well. And And a Pro Bowl, too. Yeah, exactly, and I'm sure Charger fans are hoping that Asante Samuel Jr. is able to bring that kind of production to the Chargers. I mean, he has all the tools, Daniel. He has all the ability. Um, That's why I'm just so excited about this pick because I I couldn't believe a player that we held in such high regard was going going to fall to the Chargers again, and it happened. Yeah, and he reminds me a little bit of Jason Verrett. I don't know if he's quite as twitchy as Verrett was, but... As far as Pretty, the, I mean, just as fast. I mean, four three guy. Just as fast, but yeah, I mean, those are two different things. I mean, just being For twitchy sure. and being fast. I mean, he definitely has the straight line speed, and he has the closing speed, right? But yes, very similar players as far as their mental toughness, as far as their tenacity, as far as just being a dog, right? And the Chargers continue that. They get Rashawn Slater, who's going to help them being more aggressive offensively in the running game. Now they get Asante Samuel Jr., who's going to fit and make them more aggressive and physical in their secondary as well. And one of the things they talked about is just wanting those fearless competitors. And I think they got a couple of them. And David, I mean, through two rounds, I mean, for us, the Chargers really didn't do anything wrong. It's about as good of a scenario as we could have come up with. I mean, we knew Panay Sewell was not going to get to the Chargers at 13. We didn't think that either of these guys would be available at the picks the Chargers selected him. That was a dream scenario in the first two rounds to cross off your biggest needs. Like, I still can't quite believe that the Chargers, I mean, aced the first two rounds as exquisitely as they did. I mean, it almost gives you the feeling of, I don't care what happens the rest of the draft, right? After they hit on both of these guys early on, it's like, I don't care as much and that uh, about was who tested. they pick. <laughs> exactly. And then you see who they pick in the third round, and you're like, 
I don't know if I can feel as strongly <laughs> about that as I did before. But, right. I mean, we'll we'll get into that, of course. But I mean, yeah, going back to these two picks, I mean, how could you feel any better? I mean, you get one of the consensus top tackles in this draft to fill one of your most important needs on your offensive line, and then you go back around on the other side of the football and you address one of your biggest needs on that side with one of the consensus best players in the draft in the second round. So an overall picture after the first two rounds, there literally could not have been a better scenario than the way it played out for the Chargers. Because for me, Daniel, I would have been extremely tempted to trade up both times for both of these guys. But Tom Telesco showcased incredible patience and just let the board fall to him and it did so, and to his credit, he made the right picks. Yeah, I mean, I'd be lying to you if I said in both of those situations, I wasn't wondering if those were still going to be the picks, right? The fits made perfect sense, and you were still kind of hesitant to fully get excited until the pick was actually announced. I mean, that's definitely how I felt with both of these guys. But now Brandon Staley gets his outside corner. He also said that he has some positional versatility as well as a guy that can play inside too, but a legitimate outside corner that is going to attack at the catch point that is going to make it very hard for receivers to come down with footballs. I mean, even when he was going up against bigger guys, like some of the catches he made some receivers make were just ridiculous. And he was still right there trying to jar the ball loose. So a guy who has ball production, which Brandon Staley talked about really valuing, he's going to get the ball back to the offense. I think this was a home run pick for the Chargers. But as we talked about, then things got a little bit weird. So we're going to get into the Chargers 77th overall pick with Josh Palmer, the Tennessee wide receiver coming up right after this. But first thing you tell you guys that this episode is brought to you by 1010, a capsule collection of diamond rings that are responsibly sourced, limited edition designs at fair price points. 10 is an exclusive collection of 10 creative styles of diamond rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today, rings sure to bring joy into her life. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 female design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful ring, ideal for engagement, Mother's Day, or simply a beautiful conversation piece. They're the perfect way to bring light into her life. They're available now through Mother's Day only at BlueNile.com. Just search the words 10 by 10 The collection features high-quality fine jewelry that will surprise and delight, and they're fairly priced so you can give her something special and truly meaningful. When I looked at these, Michelle Fontachi's ring stood out as one of the ones I'd buy as a gift if I would needed a gift or a new engagement ring for my fiance. It's a conversation piece so unique and so cool. If I could go back and do it, I definitely would. If you're on the hunt for the perfect unique ring, she'll treasure forever. You're definitely going to want to check these out. They won't be around long, so you can find them now by searching the words 10 by 10 only at BlueNile.com. Also, Chargers fans, listen up because Nugenics, the number one selling free testosterone booster at GNC, is offering a complimentary bottle to all football fans in America. To get your complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total Tea, just text DRAFT to 231231. This unique man-boosting formula is powered by Testafin, which helps boost free testosterone and total testosterone levels and increase energy and lean muscle mass. Plus, if you guys text now, they'll include a bottle of Nugenics Thermo, which is the most powerful fat incinerator with key ingredients to help you get back in shape absolutely free. All you have to do is text DRAFT to 231-231. That's DRAFT to 231-231. Message and data rates may apply. 
All right, guys. Well, now it's time to get into the first of the Chargers third round draft picks, their 77th overall pick, where things started to get a little weird. And I remember I sent out a tweet before, you know, the Chargers selected in the third round. I basically just said, hey, for the Chargers, this is usually where things get weird. This is usually where they have the presumed reaches that we've seen in the past. And they kind of go off the board as far as where everyone else values the players that they end up selecting. Once again, that happened when the Chargers ended up taking wide receiver Josh Palmer from Tennessee. And it's not Josh Palmer's fault that the Chargers drafted Craig Mager, Dan Feeney, (laughs) Chris Watt, so many different guys in the third round that just did not work out. It's not his fault at all. But we do have that, you know, benefit of the doubt that Tom Telesco doesn't really get with us because of some of those picks in the past. So when you look at this, you know, we're just like, this is another guy who seems like he's a reach. The only website I could find that had him as a a value at that pick was Pro Football Focus. So take that as you will, but that's not usually the site that we're going to to try to prove our point. But he was the 71st ranked prospect from Pro Football Focus. But this is what you're getting. I mean, you're getting an outside receiver, right? And I think it is an insurance plan to Mike Williams, and we'll get into that after this, David. But you're getting a guy that can play on the outside who's going to win in contested catch situations. He's a jump ball receiver. He can stack DBs down the field. And he had a really, really strong senior bowl week, which I think factored into it. And I think a big thing that factored into his lack of production last year at Tennessee was the fact that he had one of the worst quarterbacks in the country, or at least one of the worst quarterback (laughs) situations in the country because there were multiple guys that contributed to that. But it was hard to get excited about this pick just because of where he thought his value might be. Well, not only that, but I think most Charger fans were just anticipating that they would go on to the next need, right? right. You know, they'd go to hit edge rusher or they would go hit another, you know, go get a safety. I mean, at least those were, for us, the, you know, the perceived biggest needs that were ma- remaining on the board. But I guess in the third round, they're like, hey, we're going to look at our board or we're going to talk to our coaches and be like, hey, guys, anybody out there that you, you know, you want us to go get and you know, you're fully convicted on? then, you know, we're going to go get him. And it seemed like, you know, for Josh Palmer, that that was more of the scenario for him. And for me, I didn't really understand the pick. Um, but, I mean, you, you listen to Brandon Staley talk about him, and he says this. He's got a good body. He's really strong. He's a matchup against smaller nickelbacks. He said he's a complete player, but he likes to say that about all the players. Really showed up a lot in the evaluation process. He's a pro. He has route detail, the ability to separate. So those are some good things. Now, the ability to separate thing for me, I didn't really see as much, Daniel. But before we started recording here tonight, you brought up a pretty crazy stat that I kind of had to hear twice to believe. Yeah, well, one of the things that we've already noticed with, you know, the Chargers and them talking about Rashawn Slater was they value matchup against premium opposition, right? So for Josh Palmer, he had, you know, the opportunity to go up against some really high corners in this draft and guys that we've already all seen get taken off the board. And this is a stat that comes from Eric Galco, and it's kind of hard to believe. This is what he said. Tennessee's Josh Palmer had 101 snaps versus likely top three round cornerbacks, Patrick Sertan, J.C. Horn, Tyson Campbell, Eric Stokes, and Kelvin Joseph. All guys that were taken at the very most before, I mean, Asante Samuel Jr., but no later than like the low 40s as far as when they were taken. So these are all guys that have already been drafted against those guys. He was 14 of 14 in catching the catchable balls in those matchups per pro football focus. 11 first downs, four touchdowns, and he averaged 16 yards per catch. So 
those are pretty crazy statistics going up against some really good players. Like, obviously, we don't know what all of those routes looked like when they weren't throwing him the football right or how open he was on some of those uncatchable balls. But at the same time, I mean, you saw Still him. It blows your mind, man. When Tom Telesco talked about that, right? He and, you know, Brandon Staley both said, like, when they were doing DB scouting, I'm guessing watching guys like Patrick Sertan and Tyson Campbell and Eric Stokes, this was a guy that kept burning those guys, right? This was a guy that had yeah. a lot of success against those premium players that were all top two round picks at the end of the day. So that was very interesting, and I can see why you'd get excited about that. And the other thing is is the Senior Bowl, because at the Senior Bowl, this was one of the best wide receivers in the one-on-one passing situations. Those are obviously something that really lend themselves to wide receivers and not as much to defensive backs in those scenarios. I mean, that's a really tough thing for defensive backs to have to do, but... This was a guy that all week was just making ridiculous catches, making crazy contested catches, had great hands, absolutely dominated some pretty good competition at the senior bowl. And you just were thinking, you know, hey, this is what this guy looks like when you have a competent quarterback throwing him the football. So there's one thing I think that makes sense of this, David. I mean, the Chargers talked about this process being difficult as far as Zoom and all those things because of COVID. That was a scenario where they could go see these guys up close, him and Trey McKitty. So they obviously valued the senior bowl a lot. Another thing they must have valued is Derek Ansley's opinion on it because he was the defensive coordinator for Tennessee over the last two seasons. So he got to see him up close and personal going up against him in practice. And I think that had to play a major role as well. Yeah, I definitely believe that it played a role. I mean, when you get a coach that was able to be, you know, be there and watch him against his defensive back group uh, every day in practice, uh, presumably performing very well i mean it's probably a guy you're going to go back to your head coach in the nfl and be like hey this is a guy i saw pretty intimately every day and he was giving my dbs the business so if he's doing that i know that he can come in here and perform for us i've seen him do that corner route many many times on tape and he has scored multiple touchdowns on that route so i Definitely think that this is a guy that they anticipate being able to go up and make those contested catches. And, I mean, I think you can't help but look at this pick, Daniel, and not see this as a pure contingency for Mike Williams. I think that plays a big part in it because as we've talked about over this last week, I mean, the Chargers don't have a lot of guys that are prototypical outside receivers. And that was one of the main things that Brandon Staley was sticking on is he said he is an out- outside receiver. And he also said we really believe with outside receivers – It starts with, can you beat press? Can you separate at level two? And what your ball judge is like at level three. And he really checked all those boxes for us. So tracking the ball down the field is definitely a strength of his. Separation at the second level. I mean, there's times where he gets a lot of separations. There's time he doesn't, right? And he's not a, you know, blow by you or explosive receiver out of his breaks and things like that. But I do think he's a decent route runner. And Brandon Staley talked about his attention to detail in those routes. But I would say that, I mean, you can see the physical talent, you can see the fit with the Chargers on the outside, but it doesn't really represent a need for the Chargers, which is something that I think riled up most Chargers fans. If you had taken an edge defender, if you had taken even a guy like Tommy Tremble or someone like that, I think Charger fans could have gotten excited because they've heard of those guys and know that they're, you know, likely a third round pick, but with guys that where you read that they're fourth or fifth round picks, it's harder to get excited about. And the Chargers made another selection like that in the end of the third round with their 97th overall pick when they decided to take tight end Trey McKitty, who had six receptions in 2020. So we'll talk about what they see in Trey McKitty and how we felt about the third round coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys about Built Bars. If I haven't told you about Built Bars yet... 
they are my favorite protein bar because for me, if a protein bar doesn't taste good, I'm just not going to eat it. It doesn't matter what the health benefits are for me. I need good flavors and I need variety, right? And with Built Bar, there's 18 amazing flavors to choose from. They're always adding to that peanut butter brownie, coconut brownie chunk, mint brownie, salted caramel, so many good bars to choose from, and they're all 100% covered in chocolate and soft and easy to chew. Another great thing about these Built Bars is that they're going to pretty much fit into whatever diet that you're doing. If you're trying to lose or maintain weight while you're indulging in it, something that tastes like a dessert, all these bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber. And right now, we can even save you guys some money because if you go to BuiltBar.com, you can use the promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. It's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, guys. Well, it's time to get into the last segment of our super special Saturday show that we brought on for you guys because we just wrapped up day two of the draft. And now we have to get into the second of the Chargers third round picks. Their 97th overall pick. And this is one that also, you know, got people a little bit upset, especially because I think that the position can be argued as a need. But there's a lot of people that would also argue that they didn't take the best player that was available there, right? Even at the tight end position. I mean, guys like Brevin Jordan were still on the board. I can definitely understand why people are upset, but I think the other part of it is you look up and he has six catches in 2020 with the Georgia Bulldogs. Before that, he spent three years with Florida State where he was much more productive. I mean, 49 catches between the 2018 and 2019 season. He was definitely a bigger part of that offense. And for sure, one of the things that you see from him is just he's an inline guy for both of those teams. Both of those teams end up running more pro-style offenses than some of the other teams you see around the country, and he was in a lot of different offenses, too. I mean, I know Joe Reedy of the AP was on talking with Brandon Staley, talking just about the fact that he had, you know, four different coaches in four years in college, and how that helps him maybe adapt to a new pro-style offense in the pros. So I, I think there was a lot of things that made sense about this pick, but once again, the value, right? I mean, this was a guy who I've seen, you know, thought of as a sixth or a seventh round pick. This is a guy that's you're not going to find many places as a higher than a fifth round pick, and the Chargers take him in the end of the third round. So I definitely understand people's frustrations, but the Chargers seem to have a role designed for him specifically. Yes, they do. I mean, they definitely they see him as that wide tight end or that blocking type of tight end, and if you put on the tape. You can see clearly that he is very capable of doing these things. He's a guy that they utilized in the blocking in the running game quite a bit. They would pull, have him pull in front of the the running back to try to open up those holes. You've seen seen him, you know, seal guys out pretty effectively. You see him get out there on screens. You see him you pass protect fairly well for a tight end. I mean, he does his job. He's not quite as ferocious as Tommy Tremble is as a blocker, but he's very willing. You can see that. He gets to his spot most of the time, and he does a good job of, of erasing or taking his guy out of the play. So, I mean, that seems to be his role. I, I mean, I can see that. I don't know how many opportunities he's going to get as a pass catcher, especially early on, but I do believe that this is the direct replacement for Virgil Green. He's a guy that's going to be your blocking tight end who's not going to be very expensive for the next couple of years, and hopefully you know, you can take a tight end coach who has had a lot of success with guys like Darren Waller in this league and provide some of that magic for Trey McKitty. I mean, if you unlock something there and you know, kind of bring back some of that production we saw at Florida State, and we bring that with the Chargers and mix that with his blocking prowess, then I think you can really have something with Trey McKitty. 
Yeah, and I think, again, it just goes back to the value. Could you have had Trey McKitty in the fourth round? Could you have had Trey McKitty in the fifth round, right? And maybe yeah. address the need like safety with that second, third round pick and go for, you know, one of our favorite guys on day three, which is Hamza Nazaraldine, who is still floating around out there. Unbelievable. Who would make, yeah, I mean, a, a really big difference potentially for the Chargers defense and, I mean, fit that physical prowess that we're talking about. But I also think that if the Chargers ended up taking Tommy Tremble, per se, at 77, right, and then they come back and get Josh Palmer at 97, I think this is a draft class that Chargers fans would be more willing to buy into as far as the third round goes. But the way it happens is this guy ends up going 97. They take Josh Palmer at 77, and Chargers fans are freaking out. So what I will say is this guy is kind of like Tommy Tremble light. I mean, yeah, he definitely wants to run block and pass block and get in guys' faces and be a physical player. So you definitely love that aspect of the game. And that's what Brandon Staley said really makes him different. He said, yeah, we kind of feel like where he's different is that he can play on the line of scrimmage. We felt like that was a dimension we wanted to add to the offense in a dimension that they don't currently have with the guys they have on the roster with the Donald Barhams and the Jared Cooks. That's not their MO, right? And the other thing, David, is that he's going to play on special teams too. And that's something... That we heard that all of these players might be doing if you ask Tom Telesco or Brandon Staley. I mean, special teams usually isn't your focus in the third round, right? I mean, that's not one of the positions you don't feel like you could get later on in the sixth or seventh round. But we know that they want to use more of their talented players on special teams. And they think that all three of these guys can contribute on special teams one way or the other. I mean, adding more guys, adding more talent that can affect special teams is only going to benefit you. I mean, we have saw how the Chargers ran their special teams units the last couple of years, and uh, it wasn't very good. So adding more athletes, adding more guys that can contribute to that unit was is only going to make things better. And yeah, he did say that this is a guy that he can see on kickoffs, on, on coverage, on protections, on you know field goals and stuff like that. So uh, not only a guy that you feel very comfortable comfortable and uh, good about being a blocker but a guy who definitely is going to contribute on special teams I mean like I said you need more talent in that area and you have a guy who's going to bring some speed with Asante Samuel Jr. and even said that he is a guy who could potentially uh, you know catch a punt if need be but yeah I think all three of these guys are going to find themselves contributing on special teams uh, one way or another and uh, I mean overall Daniel I mean I think you look at this draft class up to this point and you feel phenomenal about the first two picks and it makes it a little more acceptable uh, to see them draft the next two guys but you don't feel great about it but I think at the end of the day definitely going to give them the benefit of the doubt to go out there and prove to us exactly what type of player they're going to be but that doesn't mean we have to be super excited about it. Yeah, and I mean, I just think that when most of what you've seen from these guys that's super impressive happened at the Senior Bowl as far as them raising their draft stock to a place where the Chargers had to take them in the third round, I mean, that's always going to be a little bit worrisome, especially when you have the history of third-round picks like the Chargers have. But with Trey McKitty, I mean, I think he is a guy, Brandon Staley said, that could stretch the seam really and be part of the passing game as far as a vertical attack. They have other guys that can kind of do that. And, I mean, you've seen him make some spectacular catches. I mean, the guy has pretty good hands. He has some pretty crazy contested catches in the red zone and in the end zone, too. And I think in the red zone is another place that he'll help because you need those physical players down there, right? And I think attitude-wise, he fits in. And all of these guys are connected in some way or another. This was a crazy tweet from Chris Harey, one of the Chargers reporters, who said, Wide receiver Joshua Palmer and Asante Samuel Jr. were high school teammates. 
Samuel Jr. is teammates with Trey McKitty at FSU before he transferred to UGA. And McKitty was teammates with Derwin James and Gabe Neighbors at Florida State. So these guys are all, you know, all have a familiarity to be sure. But this was another pick where Brandon Staley is just talking about the fact that, yeah, we've seen him in a pro style offense. We've seen him as an inline blocker. That's something we wanted to add to the offense. That's a dimension that we didn't feel we had that now we get with this guy. So I think he does have a role that he could play for the Chargers, especially physically. He could be that guy on the end that's going to help you in the running game. But I think just assuming that he will be a good pass catcher down the road is something that we'll really have to wait and see because it's pretty uncertain at this point. But they're betting on the athletics, they're betting on the physicality, and they're betting on him just being extremely underutilized at Georgia, which he definitely was. But still two picks where you question the value from Tom Telesco in the third round, and they'll definitely have the microscope on them just because of the past and the third round for the Chargers. But don't freak out, guys, because there's still five more picks for the Chargers coming up in the next. There's still five more picks for the Chargers coming up tomorrow. They'll still have a chance to add some defensive players because that was surprising that three of the four first picks were all offensive players. Not something I necessarily saw, but there's still some talent on the board. So we'll wait and judge this whole draft class as a whole when we come back with you guys on Monday. But that is going to do it for our super special Saturday show for you guys. Hope you guys enjoyed the extra content this week. I know we were just so excited to talk about these guys that we had to get on and record. So we were happy to be here with you guys for it. But on Monday, we will be back with you guys talking about rounds four through seven, getting excited and probably frustrated about some of those guys as well. But until then, make sure to follow us on Twitter at LockedOnLAC and to like the Facebook page Locked On Chargers, as well as giving us a follow on our new Instagram page, which is at LockedOnChargers. If you don't, make sure to follow us as well wherever you get your podcast from, whether that's the new Odyssey app, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. You can find us on all podcast platforms for the most part and make sure you do that so you don't miss out when we end up doing an unexpected Saturday show so we've already gotten a couple reactions so far to draft picks but if you guys want to get your reaction to the draft on the show the number is 323-524-7924 for the Lockdown Chargers voicemail line draft reactions is definitely something we're going to be getting into this week and your guys' voicemails will get on the show if you guys call in but We'll be back with you guys on Monday to break down this entire draft class, specifically getting into rounds four through seven. But until then, take it easy and go Bolts.